0: Thou still unravished bride of quietness, Thou foster child of silence and slow time, Sylvan historian who canst thus express A flowery tale more sweetly than our rhyme. What leaf-ring legend haunts about thy shape Of deities or mortals, or of both, In Tempe or the dales of Arcady? What men or gods are these? What maidens loath? What mad pursuit, what struggles to escape? What pipes and trembles, what wild ecstasy? Heard melodies are sweet, but those unheard are sweeter. Therefore, ye soft pipes, play on. Not to the sensual ear, but more endeared. Pipe to the spirit ditties of no tone. Fair youth beneath the trees, thou canst not leave. Thy song, nor ever can those trees be bare. Bold lover, never, never canst thou kiss. Though winning near the goal yet, do not grieve. She cannot fade, though thou hast not thy bliss. Wherever wilt thou love, and she be fair. Ah, happy, happy boughs that cannot shed your leaves. Nor ever bid the spring adieu. That's the beginning of my favorite poem, "Ode on a Grecian Urn. This is a teaching poetry podcast. I'm feeling all... There's something about John Keats that just... Uh, it's like his poems are too good to teach. So I, I don't ever teach them. But I have taught them before. I don't teach them anymore. Anyhow, today's National Poetry Month poem of the day is John Keats, on you know Hey, this is Trent Lorcher, and welcome to the Teaching ELA Podcast, where I help ELA teachers thrive in and out of the classroom. In this podcast, I discuss real teaching for real classrooms. Whether it's a specific piece of literature, teaching strategy, or life strategy, I talk about things ELA teachers need. I promise that with each podcast episode, you'll have something you can use today. Before I talk about this, uh, talk to you about ELA comic lessonplanscom Greatest freaking website ever created, other than maybe ESPN.com. Even then. I mean, that's only because, you know, I can watch European soccer on ESPN.com. You can't watch ESPN. I guess you could watch. You know, maybe I should put up a uh, some highlights, European soccer highlights on my website. Then I could be just like ESPN.com with poetry, short story, lesson plans and stuff. That's a bad idea. Anyhow, if you're looking for European soccer, go to ESPN.com. But if you're looking for complete poetry units with handouts and lesson plans, go to ELA Common Core Lesson Plans.com. Uh, you can click some links at the bottom as well. Got some links there. Check it out. You'll love it, unless you're not an ELA teacher, which would make no sense because it's literally the Teaching ELA podcast. All right, I read you the first half of my favorite poem from whom I consider the greatest poet. There isn't just one thing you can teach with this poem, so I'm going to recommend the Annotation Analysis Exercise. I discussed way back on day one of National Poetry. I want to share with you my thoughts on the poem. Even after reading just half of it, I'm feeling all fluttery. Yeah, I, I coached basketball. I coached high school basketball for four years. So you can imagine, I lived a double life. On one hand, I read John Keats' poetry and felt all fluttery about it. On the other hand, I had to go down to the locker room with the other coaches and talk about basketball. The title! Now, the first step in completing an analysis of Ode on a Grecian Urn is to read it, of course, several times if necessary. After reading it several times, here are some of the uh, things I noted. We're going to start with the title. The first question I have is in regards to the title. It's not an ode to a Grecian Urn, as some students say. It's an ode on a Grecian Urn, which would indicate, at least on the surface, no pun intended, that there is an ode on the actual urn. The poem begins as an ode should with an apostrophe, the act of speaking to someone not there, to an object such as an urn which means either the urn is speaking, unlikely even in a poem, or the poet is translating a picture on a Grecian urn into an ode. As I continue reading, however, it's obvious the poet is speaking to the urn about what's on the urn. It is therefore both an ode on a Grecian urn and an ode to a Grecian urn. The title, I'm guessing, is Ode on a Grecian urn to, in order to emphasize the painting on the urn and not the speaker of the poem. Some other observation, rhyme scheme A B A B C D E D C E A B A B C D E C E D. Blah, 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 blah. All right, you get the rhyme scheme. Rhythm is iambic pentameter. The poem begins with an apostrophe to thou still and ravished bride of quietness. In line one, this is a metaphor comparing a maiden to the urn, which has been tainted by neither impurities nor, as the next line implies, time. The urn is then compared to a woodland historian who is able to tell a tale much more clearly than even a poet. It's very rare. Poets are very, <laughs> very uh, narcissistic, so... For Mr. Keats to realize that there is a better way to express emotion than a poem is quite humble. He could be the most humble poet ever. The poet uses rhetorical questions in the second half of the first stanza, questions he attempts to answer in the remainder of the poem. The poem's structure is a redolent of a five-paragraph essay. The first stanza introduces the topic, that's the picture on the urn, and presents several questions. Two, the second stanza speaks of music and love. The third stanza continues with music, nature, and love. Stanza 4 deals with religion and sacrifice. Stanza 5 gives a recap of the problem and the descriptions, followed by the truth revealed by the urn, that beauty outlasts all. That's a very English Romanticism type thing to say. Heard melodies are sweet, but those unheard are sweeter. This reminds me of Plato's forms. There is a perfect music in existence somewhere. All other music seeks to replicate it, yet falls short. This perfect music exists on the urn. It is not the sensual ear that perfection appears to, but the soul. Lines 15 through 20 give a description of the idea. It is the form of beauty, of youth, of music that remains engraved upon the urn, the enacting of which would lessen its perfection. It's a beauty that has existed before objects. Stanza 3, the trees will never go old and deteriorate. picture on the urn is Edenic. Evil has not been introduced. It does not go through the cycle of life or all deteriorates. Eternity speaks in the final six lines of the poem. The entire scene is beauty, which has no beginning and no end, just like truth beauty is truth, truth is beauty, that is all you that is all you know and all you need to know. The last two lines that is all you know on earth and all you need to know. Does this indicate that there is more we learn after our life on earth? because he says you know on earth. I tried to analyze this poem in a paragraph. Ode on a Grecian urn by John Keats describes a perfect scene of beauty and peace sprinkled with philosophical truths regarding truth, beauty, and eternity. The scenes on the urn are frozen in time, frozen in their perfect form as only an artist or a poet could depict them. Keats asserts, heard melodies are sweet, but those unheard are sweeter. Music exists in perfection, only in art. Any attempt to replicate it lessens its beauty. He writes of happy, happy boughs that cannot shed your leaves nor ever bid the spring adieu. In the perfect world, youth, synonymous with beauty, can only exist in the artist's mind. As it progresses, it loses its perfection. The final stanza concludes the poet's thoughts with an eternal suggestion that perfection exists. Beauty exists, and that is all ye know on earth and all ye need to know. In other words, learn that perfection exists and don't worry about figuring out the rest. All right, here's some takeaways. This poem might be too good to teach to high school. They don't appreciate it. If you do teach it, teach it to a class that knows how to annotate and analyze a poem. Otherwise, it's kind of a hard poem, actually. And number three, I don't understand how or why Keats' poems elevate my soul. But they do. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Teaching ELA Podcast. For more teacher-ready, student-ready lesson plans, head on over to ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com. That's ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com, where we have hundreds of lesson plans and handouts that are ready to use right now. And as always, if this podcast has helped you thrive in the classroom, we'd appreciate a like and a review.